for joining me for another beer with Darren. Tonight I am joined by an absolute legend, uh, Mr. Robert Woodford. Uh, I may be bigging him up a little bit there, but uh, <laughs> we, we, we shall find out over the next half an hour. Um, Robert, thank you so much for joining me. No, thank you very much for inviting me. I'm uh, looking forward to it. What are you drinking, sir? So tonight I've just got a, a whiskey uh, because it's nine o'clock at night and uh, I'm hoping to get to bed in a, in a couple of hours. So uh, Bit of a nightcap. You didn't fancy a Jaeger bomb or a Skittle bomb or something like that? No, no, those days are long gone, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm a bit too traditional now. No, that's fair enough. Well, I'm on a, a beer of Arethi, so quite a nice classic beer, and I'll open that in a second. And, yeah, uh, that's nice, that is. Yeah, it's one I always go for on draft now. I used to be Peroni everywhere I went. So I had Peroni on draft, that was me, but um, no, I've changed. I've been converted, which is, uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's my beer choice. For um, for the people listening and watching on YouTube that don't know you, do you mind doing a quick intro to you and uh, you know, where you come from, how you ended up in the world of recruitment marketing? Uh, where I come from? Um, yeah, so uh, obviously Robert Woodford, um, I um, run a business called The Marketing Junction. We offer outsourced marketing for recruitment businesses. We've been doing it for nearly six years. Prior to that, I was in-house, worked for a load of different recruitment businesses from kind of your manpowers and randstads through to owner managed businesses, new startups, the whole lot. So uh, I've been doing it for about 20 years now. Um, fell into recruitment uh, and fell into marketing, if I'm honest. I qualified as an economist, uh, did my master's in economics and uh, joined Reed as their labour market economist and uh, found my way into marketing somehow. And... Uh, I've escaped neither marketing nor recruitment, uh, and here I shall stay. <laughs> so, and you mentioned working for you know, much larger enterprise companies and your startups. What did you prefer? Oh, the startups and smaller businesses, without a shadow of a doubt. Because actually, for the larger businesses, you weren't actually doing marketing; you were a glorified administrator in the sort of the larger businesses. Um, well, certainly, but because I was starting my career out then, so I was kind of marketing exec, marketing manager level. Um, throughout those, yeah, you don't, had no autonomy. Um, you don't get a say. <laughs> you get told what's happening and you just do it. Fair enough. I, I completely agree. And I've, I've loved startup life since we started Pager. Uh, I remember yeah. being a cog in a very big wheel before. And uh, yeah, it's not as exciting as wearing many, many different hats, which uh, I imagine you do actually in the world of outsourcing. You must have to wear many marketing hats on a day to day basis. Yeah, I mean, it's really funny, actually, because when I was in-house, I used to wear different hats because occasionally, like when I, certainly when I was working for smaller businesses, people would be like, oh, well, it's not sales, so we'll just give it to marketing. It's like, well, that's HR, what you've just given me. <laughs> oh, that's just the IT. But, but, but yeah, so you, it's different hats. But, yeah, we, you know, I'm constantly doing different things, which is great because it's not the same job every day, but it is kind of constantly flitting between the two. And obviously we work with different companies, so it's making sure we understand each individual culture of those businesses and kind of, you know, one minute we're doing something for a commercial business, next to we're doing something for a headhunting business. And it's making sure that we're that we're doing that properly. And one of the one of the things I found when I became a, a business owner, if you like, was that actually you are also in sales. Um, I don't know if you found that. Yeah, I no plan to be in sales, but actually once you start your own business, you have no choice. That's just the reality. How did you find that transition? How did you find that? Because it hit me like a bus, to be honest with you, when I realised actually I've got to sell. Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I, when I set up on my own, I initially started off just consulting on my own and then it kind of grew into this agency offering. Um, 
to be honest with you, out of necessity because I had some great contracts. Like I, I picked up two to the three really good lucrative contracts straight away. Um, and I was spoiled for the first year. And then for whatever reason, kind of, you know what happens with contracts, they kind of move on or they, in, they started doing house things or whatever. And I suddenly thought, actually, shit, I've got to get some business in here. And then it was like, well, kind of, I, I've never had to sell before. Um, other than when I was a student selling photographic plans over the telephone and I was shit at that. So um, I was, I was, you know, it, it's taken a bit of time um, to learn how to sell. I'm not somebody who's going to get on the phone and do hard uh, cold sales because that's, you know, that's, not, that's not me. But, um, yeah, that's, you know, and as you know, sales is one thing that you've got to be the accountant, you've got to be the IT person, you've got to be the... You know, making sure that kind of everything's working and you kind of your insurances are up to date and all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, there's so much. And and one of the things that this year has caused, I, I feel, is that there's been some really good marketers that are being made redundant. That's happened across the industry. And you've seen for me more freelance marketers um, start their own businesses in the last six months than you probably saw for the last two, three years combined. What advice do you have for somebody that's just starting out in their own freelancing outsourcing business? It's funny because I was having this conversation with somebody recently about the number of new startup recruitment businesses we're seeing. Um, and I think it's, you know, if it's always been your aim to go freelance or start your own business, then, you know, go for it. If you're just doing it out of necessity, and I understand why somebody would be doing it out of necessity, because if you've not got a job and you can't find one, I get it, right? But if it's not what your passion is to start your own business, then just be careful because it is really hard work. It's not, you know, nine to six, you know, you know, we, we end up speaking online sometimes at kind of midnight, two in the morning type thing, you know, yeah. you, you know, it's not, it's not an easy thing to do. So I think, you know, what I'd say to people is surround yourself with mates as well, you know, I think sometimes you think, oh, I'm competitive to all these people. But actually, just you know, speak to people, reach out to somebody, you know, reach out to people, ask advice, um, because we've been there and done it before. So we're, you know, more than happy to help people. I'm more than happy to help people, kind of with advice and things I've learned along the way. But you've got to really want to do it, um, because if you don't, you'll soon get found out. Yeah, I, I think that passion thing is so key. And like you, I'm not, I'm not a cold sales but i couldn't I, the idea of picking up the phone making a hundred calls i'll be honest scares the living shit out of me i don't think yeah. i could have that much rejection in one day you know i just don't think i could um <laughs> so one of the things i found was that you mentioned the word passion there and the reason i'm able to sell pages because i'm passionate about it i i strongly believe we are helping somebody um so i'm with you if you don't have the passion you can't sell and if you can't sell then yeah. you're not going to make a successful business that's uh that's a sad reality. Um, one of the things I want to chat to you about is recruitment marketing. So if you look at, if you do like a Google of marketing, you have B2C marketing, B2B marketing. How did the phrase recruitment marketing be coined and what does it mean to you? Um, it's, I mean, I love recruitment marketing. I, I, I genuinely do. I, I think it's the best because you've got an element of B2B, you've got an element of B2C. For me, I think it's just, saying that actually within recruitment marketing is unique and i don't think there's any other industry where it's quite the same because you have got three almost autonomous parts you've got the clients who are people who go and do weird things you've got candidates who are 
their own people and do weird things. You've got recruitment consultants you're working with who are ultimately your mouthpiece. Um, you know, you can spend you know two months working on a campaign. Some dickhead in sales can spend two minutes ruining it. You know, so and it happens a lot, right? Um, so, so for me, it's kind of balancing all those parts and i think it's so unique and i just can't think of another industry where it's where it's the same i think you know I, until i set up on my own i don't think i really thought of the phrase recruitment marketing um but it's now a hashtag i use all the time and i've noticed that that's a hashtag that's becoming more and more so i think people are beginning to learn the phrase and i think it's as a as a subsector within recruitment we're beginning to find our voice and 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 shout a lot more about the value that we can add as as not just outsource but also in-house professionals and that, that value you talk about one of the hardest conversations i have when i'm talking to clients about pager um is especially when it gets to the ceo with the marketer it's absolutely fine but once the ceo you know gets involved in the conversation to budgets the question of roi comes up you know how do you measure the roi of marketing yeah i always say the same thing like it's a long-term play you need to believe in it if you don't believe in it we're, we're talking at the wrong time um at some point you will come back to me when you strongly believe this is something we need to do but it all feels a bit wishy-washy and so how do you when we get that question how do you define the roi of marketing normally i say to them well can you tell me what the ROI of your telephone system is or the ROI of your CRM or the ROI of your, the fact that you give people ma you know, mice for their computer or, or keyboards and they sort of look at you a bit weird and you say, because actually you, you don't define the ROI on that because instinctively you know it works. And so there is an element of marketing that, yeah you should be tracking things we all do the things that we should track right we all we all do google analytics we all do kind of checking you know what's going on in terms of engagement online etc but ultimately you know it's an inexact science there are so many things going on and actually you know some things are just impossible to track so for example you know a lot of the work we've been doing over lockdown has been around helping our clients to solidify relationships with their clients because nobody's got any jobs and nobody's hiring any candidates right so what they're wanting to do is solidify those relationships and we've done a lot of work around that now we can track certain things but ultimately can you really hand on heart say that's the figure so what we we talk about is we talk about um, rather than stats which we do obviously pr produce we talk about direction of travel and is the direction of travel of all the key indicators moving in the right direction? And if it is, then we say it's doing a good job. And if it's not, then you kind of drill down a little bit more. Because, you know, marketers add so much more value to a recruitment business than just that return on investment as well. So, you know, the value you add in terms of, say, internal, internal messaging, you know, making sure that that internal messaging gets through and you, you're helping to create that culture. So a business that's got a great culture often has a great culture because the marketing person or the, the, the internal marketing is great. But how do you really measure that? So, you know, I think I get why they want to ask it because, look, they're spending, you know, 35 grand, 40 grand on a marketing person or they're outsourcing for 20 grand or 15 grand, you know, a year, et cetera. Right. So I get why they asked the question because I'd ask the question as well, what am I getting from it? But I think some, you know, you have to trust marketing person and i you know i suppose 
I'm a little bit I'm unfortunate because I can go in and go, look, I've worked with all these brands, I've done all these things, here's my CV, here's what I've achieved. Right. And so I think I go in with a little bit more gravitas than I probably did when I first started off in marketing. And and people are asking me, like, what are you doing? And I go, well, look, we've had this many new followers today and whatever. Um, yeah. So it is hard. And I think, you know, if you wanted to track it properly, you'd have a full-time person sat there tracking it. But is that worth it? No, I don't think it is. So for me, it's the direction of travel of where things are going. And I completely agree. So we've recently invested a lot in into marketing in terms of time and we're looking at pay-per-click and all of this stuff. And um, I was talking to Emily, who's the marketer, uh, literally yesterday, actually. And she said, look, what, what report do you want at the end of the month? I was like... I don't at the moment because it all feels good. Everything feels right. You know, I think we should start looking when things feel wrong. You know, let's not try and find problems. You know, things feel good. We're doing things, we're working hard, um, and we're starting to see results. So I think that's the only, you know, it is. It sounds bad, but it's trusting your gut, isn't it, a lot of the time? Yeah, I mean, actually, it's, it's funny because, I, you know, obviously when we go and people say, you know, what kind of stats should we check? And we go through all the checklist of all the stats. But on one there, I also have anecdotal. And I say, don't don't rule out the power of how positive it is. If you've got recruitment consultants going, do you know what marketing department are doing some fantastic stuff for us at the moment? Or um, you know, don't speak to marketing if you need any help because they're going to produce this for you. You know, that'd be that'd be great. That's really powerful actually, and that helps to create that culture. So there are things that you you know, as you say, you can't measure that kind of guts and feel feel good, but it does take confidence to do that. And and I think. You know, the challenge is for anyone that works in marketing is that most of the MDs and CEOs of recruitment businesses are recruitment consultants themselves. So they've grown up that way. So they've never had to work with a marketing department or a marketing function or a marketing individual or whatever it looks like. And so for them, I think a lot of it is is uncertainty and their own insecurities. Um, understandably so, you know, there's things I'm doing as a business owner now that I, I haven't got a bloody clue, you know, um, and, 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 you know, so that my insecurities come through and I probably ask him questions. There's probably somebody doing a podcast now in the, you know, my, my accountant probably doing a podcast now and referencing how stupid I am with some of the questions I've asked. Um, you know, so, you know, I think that's, that's a challenge. Just to check, you did ask your accountant about the bounce back loan and you could just use it to pay for holidays, right? That was fine. Yeah, that's what I intended. I'm just talking to you from the yacht right now. Yeah, yeah so I, I, I shouldn't have yeah. it before, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> one of the, and obviously that is a joke for anyone listening or watching, if the government are listening, that's not what we're looking for. <laughs> uh, one of the things I did want to chat to you about was I've, I've seen quite a lot of, we mentioned the redundancies at the start, recruiting business owners coming back and saying, right, we need to go back to what we know, and what we know is the phone. We know if we do this many call times, this many calls, that equals this many opportunities, this many jobs. And what I've seen is marketing's gone right to the back of their mind. It's a very old school mindset, but you mentioned before that they are recruiters. That's, they're going back to what they know. What would you say to any CEOs that are actually just coming back? They've got people, do they bring them back from furlough? Do they not? Maybe it's their marketer. What would your advice be to them at this moment in time? I mean, if, if I'm being brutally honest, I'm not unsympathetic to that point of view that they have. I mean, as a marketing person, I, I don't think it's the right thing to do. Um, but from a business owner point of view, I can kind of see where they're coming from with that. And I think it's coming from 
they're coming from the right place. They might be doing the wrong thing, but it's coming from the right place. So I think I think sometimes as, as marketing people, we can get a little bit, um, not arrogant, that's not the right word, but I think we can get a little bit obsessed with we know what's best. Um, and I think actually it, 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 it's not necessarily the case that, that, that business owners are doing the wrong thing. However, having said that, you know, ultimately, you know, your marketing person should be able to support you both in the short term and in the long term. And if you've got medium to long term aims of still being here, you need to get yourself ready. And a lot of businesses are not doing this. So by doing marketing properly now and bringing your marketing person back and investing in marketing and investing doesn't have to be money. It could be investing in other ways. Um, what you are doing is you're you're kind of getting ahead of the competition and putting yourself in line to 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 to, to kind of capitalize when things start coming back so you know we all know the try you know the, the the stats that you know you shouldn't cut marketing you should do this that, and the other and i get why people do and i'm, I'm not in, unsympathetic to that at all but i think you know you wouldn't cut back on things you know what i find frustrating is that people cut back on marketing. They don't ever cut back on the finance function. I mean, some businesses grow their finance function when they're in a recession. You might like, you can't fucking less money. So why do you need to hire more people? Um, and they'll get rid of so those, so they'll get rid of the marketing person. I don't get that. And I think, you know, don't, you know, marketing is an extension of sales. You know, you, you use marketing all the time, you know, but it is, marketing is sales. So actually by investing in marketing, you are investing in sales. Um, but also, you know, investing in marketing isn't also investing in people, it is investing in products, it's investing in technology as well, and having a look at that. And I think, you know, there's a real opportunity to get some great deals out there at the moment because people are, you know, wanting to get the sales in. So I think it's an opportunity to kind of look at the market properly um, and, and sort of view where you're going to move forward. Um, but it is a challenge, and I think. Ultimately, you know, people need to be mindful that that, that marketeers make the world run, make the world go round. So, um, you know, they need to keep hiring them and, and working with them. Absolutely, and part of that. So, let's assume they bring the marketer back. How would you be shifting the marketing strategy? And I don't want you to give away your secrets, but how would you change your strategy based on what's happening in twenty twenty for twenty twenty one? Yeah, I mean, it sounds stupid, doesn't it? But you need to take stock because every business is in a different place, right? And and also every business has an aim. And some of those businesses have shifted what their aim is. So they might be um, uh, they might be buy and build, right? But they're going, actually, we're not, we're not going to be buying for the next year. And others are going, well, actually, we're going to start snapping up recruiting businesses left, right and centre. Others are going, well, we were going to sell in three years time, we now think we're gonna sell in five years time. So actually every one of them has got a different aim. So I think in terms of the marketing strategies, understanding what those aims and longer, terms, longer term aims are. And then I think it's using data. I'm a great fan of data, you know, I'm an economist after all. So, you know, that's where I get it from. But, you know, I think using data is really important to really analyze what's going on. You know, we can all make 
nice videos and we can all put flashy things out but actually what's the substance that sits behind that you know what are, what's happening with our audiences what's actually going on in our markets and everyone's slightly different so it's actually taking a bit of time to do some forensic analysis first before you jump head head first into doing stuff for stuff's sake because you know all oh, crikey the marketing person's come back we need to be you know lobbing out loads of e-shots well do we you know, for some businesses, yes, you do. For other businesses, actually, that's not the right thing to do. You know, or, or Christ, we need to start a podcast. You know, there's somebody that is. We need to start a podcast. Why? What? 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 What about? I don't know. We just need a podcast. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, everyone's everyone's got everyone's doing podcasts. We need to do one. It's like, yeah. So. And, and you know what? We started this podcast. That's an interesting point. Let's talk about that a little bit because we we started this podcast when lockdown hit, and the original the original reason I did it was actually because I'm a borderline alcoholic and I needed to have a beer <laughs> during the week. Um, yeah. My wife doesn't drink, so I was like, "Well, how how can I drink and feel okay about it?" And uh, that's the reason why it's called Beer with Darren. Uh, it started off as that, but you know, as as this has progressed, actually, for me, podcasts are less about how many listeners you have. It's actually really fantastic um, marketing material is in. You can use it to power your social posts. You can use it to power your, yeah. your ABM, your, your account-based marketing. You can have people that you want to talk to come on as guests. I, I think it's less about the vanity metrics of how many people are listening and really what you do with the content afterwards. That's what, But it, it wasn't my intention. It just happened that I've discovered that along the way. I'm here purely for the clicks. I'm going to get to my LinkedIn profile afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only reason I'm here. No, 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 you're absolutely right. And I think yeah, I, I, I maybe being you know slightly facetious when I was saying about that. But you know, I think yeah, I think podcasts are great. And I think you know, I think if you go in your in with your eyes wide open, you're doing things for purpose. That that's and you know why you're doing them. But I think there's so much reactionary stuff out there that that you know, or people go, oh, that person's just done a really cool video. I want to do a really cool video. And it's like. They're doing IT contractors, and you're doing permanent chefs. You know, it's not the same. It's not the same business. Um, yeah. you know. It happens a lot in recruitment, right? Recruitment, especially at the um, owner level, they get FOMO if they see somebody doing something else. They're one of their competitors or one of their friends who own a business. Like, why? Why am I doing that? Why don't I have that software? Why don't I have that CRM? I see a lot of FOMO amongst recruitment owners, and I don't know where that's driven from, but. Um, it's a, I, think it's, I think it's the networking group says, you know, we all know, I'm not going to name them, but there's several networking groups out there and, and you know, they all have their WhatsApp groups, don't they, and, and, and what have you. And I think, you know, people talk now. And I think that's great. You know, even as marketers, we, we're talking a lot more than we did before. And I think that's great because you get that knowledge exchange, but then you also get people going, you know, if I if I went onto any WhatsApp group now and any like a member said, could you tell me a great technology for X? I'm suddenly going to be given six or seven different, you know, recommendations of stuff that I could use, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to have that, I'm going to have a bit of that, I'm going to have a bit of that, and if you're not careful, you're kind of just going off all over the place because you know, oh well, he's a good guy and I really like him and he's using this, so it must be great. We'll use it as well not really the point is it no it's end up being like a pick and mix of a uh, rec tech yeah uh, yeah it's uh, not quite right on that on that no you mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, like uh, communities um what is the recruit marketing club i noticed you're a member of that yeah so that's um that's where a few um people um get together and and 
basically it's about just providing advice to to new startups and providing uh, to, to to people that are entering the business uh, industry for the first time as in marketeers it's about kind of introducing suppliers to um to to marketing departments and really um kind of offering so my element within it is i offer some time for free to marketing people to kind of work with them um, and support them with some of the challenges that they're having so it's almost like being an extension of 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 their marketing department but we do it kind of for free on a, on a you know low cost basis because ultimately i'm i'm really passionate about the fact that i um i just think every recruitment business should have decent marketing and i don't think that that size should be a um should be an impediment to that i just want to make sure that you know everybody you know that because i think you know our industry really suffers um reputationally and i think the only way it's going to improve is that marketers have got to get grab it by the scruff of the neck and we've got to drag this industry forward um and so that kind of support is really important for me amazing i think that's a fantastic fantastic thing and what i took from that is you said size doesn't matter which uh, i think is good advice for everyone yeah yeah I, it's a motto by which i've lived my life for many a year <laughs> Oh, brilliant! Um, so I wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be right if we didn't speak about the options a business owner has around outsourcing versus hiring. Um, yeah. To kick us off, I'll, I'll take you through my personal journey um, and how we we end up hiring um, Emily. Um, when actually, I think if you looked on paper, it would have made complete sense for us to outsource because we're a new business uh, without marketing expertise in house, with low budgets because we're a bootstrap startup. So all of those things for me tick the boxes of why you should be looking to outsource initially. But obviously we're we're slightly different because we're a marketing product. So I wanted to get to know marketing. I wanted to embrace it and, and learn and use that journey for my own personal development. But as most business owners, at what point would your advice be for them to outsource? And at what point do they look to hire? Because you mentioned your contracts you had at the start of your business, they became an in-house position. At what point does that happen typically or, or yeah, I, I suppose and it basically depends what they're outsourcing. So, for example, on some of the stuff I'm going in and doing consulting work. So, and that's typically, you know, you would argue that that's outsourcing because they're outsourcing the marketing manager, marketing director level stuff and delivering it in house. And that's typically larger businesses. Um, I'd say, you know, as soon as a business sort of gets to 20, 25 heads, that's when they start thinking. You know should we be bringing a marketing person on before then it's it's very difficult to bring a marketing person on because you're into that mindset of well i could bring another bill or i can bring another person at 20 to 25 head that's when they really start thinking about outsourcing and that's when they have a decision to make is do we bring somebody junior on and then get some support above that or do we bring somebody more senior on board and it, and it, you know then we're into they're then sort of into those considerations that they have to take. Um, and I did quite a big talk on on that actually, um, and I did one recently the other week. Um, and I think that's you know that that's typically the point where we see people bringing in house. But you know we've got um, you know our largest client is a an international business with 
about 150 consultants and they outsource their marketing to us and our smallest is uh, a two two man headhunting firm so you know we've got quite a range and you know i'd say probably half of the businesses we work with have a marketing function of some description um so i think yeah yeah yeah. i don't think it's a case of you know outsourcing or insourcing necessarily all the time it's it's you will always outsource some elements there's very few marketing departments that will do absolutely everything in-house and arguably if they are then they're not being very efficient because you can't possibly be good at absolutely everything right unless you're amazing in which case if you can then please give me a shout because i'm hiring um (laughs) but 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 yeah so um yeah, I think it's 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 and it's and I think it's also the mindset of the owner because you know as you said you were in that position where you were ready for marketing and you felt you could manage that marketing department. A lot of the CEOs and MDs we work with, they buy into marketing. Some don't even buy into marketing. They've sort of been dragged, dragged kicking and screaming by other people on the board, and others do buy into marketing, but they're just not really sure about what they're doing. And so their reticence of hiring somebody is like, well, I don't know what I'd get them to do. And I don't know how I'd get them to do it. I don't know how we'd measure them. I don't know. So actually a lot of it is, well, it's, it's not necessarily to do with the size of the business. It's, it's sometimes the mindset of the owner as well. Yeah, and, and I'm a big believer that anyone that joins a business needs to have a career progression, career path. And if you don't understand that function, it's very hard to, to set that out. Um, so I, I see what you're saying. So a lot of businesses would hire junior but that junior person would need mentoring or if you hire senior the, the reality is a lot of seniors don't want to do the the grunt work right so you still need to outsource that time. yeah yeah and, and, and actually that's what we so one of the things i say is that typically if you hire a say a marketing manager or a senior marketing person you would only hire them typically if you were intending to grow that marketing function or you definitely knew you were going to outsource because and I've done this myself. Right? I've I've joined somewhere where I was a standalone marketing person, having been had a team around me. And boy, you suddenly realise that actually, you don't want to be doing some of the stuff that you were doing five years before, or six years before, or seven years before. You know, so if getting a marketing manager in, you know, it's a lot of money to pay somebody to sit there tweeting. But at the same time, you know, marketing is really important. And do you really want to get somebody, you know, do you really want to get, you know, often we have people say to me, well, we're just going to hire an intern. And I'm like, well, would you just hire an intern to run your IT systems? Or would you hire an intern to do your accounts? Probably not. Yet you're happy to hire an intern to run your marketing function or do your marketing, which essentially is, is, is your window to the world. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think it's getting that balance right um, because, you know, you can get, go hideously wrong. But if you, certainly if you hire somebody who's more, more senior, they are going to want to grow um, and they are going to want to grow that team. And if you're not ready, then you're not going to be able to give them that progression and actually they'll just move on. Um, yeah, which is always the biggest problem, always the biggest problem. And it's, it is a balancing act. I completely get it. And yeah, and you're right, actually, because although, although I've hired Emily, I am outsourcing certain parts. And we are, you know, there's bits where she says, look, I just, this bit we need, we need some help on. And it's actually the right thing to do. So I, I see what you mean. There's a balance between it and you should always be looking outside and inside. It's, uh, yeah, it's an interesting viewpoint. I was, I was hoping for a little bit more of a, I don't know, like a combative uh, 
combative conversation. I thought you were going to say something controversial. Well, I mean, a... obviously, I always think you should outsource. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, look, I, you know, I'm a great believer in outsourcing because, you know, one of the benefits in outsourcing is, is you know, we're on 24 7 365 days a year you know we as a business don't take a holiday now i do allow my people to take holidays um i have to by law unfortunately but um but but yeah but we you know we're always on you know we don't have a day off sick we don't you know we're constantly keeping abreast of, of, of kind of the industry we're always you know we speak to people we've got a lot of connections you know so we've got all that that stuff that perhaps other people wouldn't have you know other people don't have so i think from that perspective i think outsourcing works really well and i think you know from a from a cost perspective um until you get to sort of three or four marketing heads we're cheaper and significantly cheaper right <coughs> so anything that you lose from from outsourcing so there are things that aren't maybe as positive so um you know the internal communications piece sometimes you know can sometimes work better when you've got somebody sat internally but some of the stuff that you lose do you is, is that is that value worth what the, the saving that you make so typically if you're hiring a marketing manager and you're they're placing you're working them you know they're in an office they're getting all the benefits they're getting invited to the christmas party you're taking them out to the the, the director's lunches and all that kind of stuff before you know it, with on costs, your marketing person, you might be paying 35, 40 grand. They're costing you 50, 60 grand, right? You outsource it to us and pay, I don't know, two, two, you know, two grand a month, 24 grand, you know, or 1,500 pounds a month or whatever it might be, 1,000 pounds a month, you know, it depends on what you want. But, you know, you're suddenly looking at quite a big saving. You're looking at kind of 40 grand saving. And it's like, well, are you getting £40,000 worth more from having that marketing person? And you might be, because that marketing person might be adding so much more, but you might not be. And I think it's it's that understanding um, and weighing up the pros and cons. Yeah, and I think I think it's um, <coughs> a more cautious approach is to start with outsourcing, right, as well. If, yeah. you're, if you're just new to marketing, the, the cautious approach is to start with outsourcing, see, see how you get on, and then you can make a really informed decision, I think is, is probably a good way of putting it. There's, there's two questions I always ask people, um, and you're not going to get away with it. Um, the first one is, what's your biggest marketing fuck-up? Um, oh, crikey. There's been so many. Um, <laughs> if you want. <laughs> I think it wasn't necessarily mine, but it was my somebody in my team um sent an email out to everybody um calling everybody hannah <laughs> and it's the entire database is about twenty five thousand people and ending it kind retards <laughs> and, and, rather than a kind regards and i was supposed to have checked it um oh. and, and i and i kind of did a cursory glance of it and went yeah that's fine and of course it wasn't so that's probably my biggest one um, come back from that. Did you have to send a follow-up email explaining, or no? I, I I can't abide those when you follow those up. I think you just I think you just ignore it and move on. I think most people just go, you know, oh well, they're just knobs or whatever. Um, 
and you just sort of deal with it. I think you know the internal um, mea culpa is uh, it was the hardest thing. Um, but you know, it's just one of those things. And I've you know I've done things like um, I've had mugs printed and um, the logo has been upside down on the mug. <laughs> Yeah. If you store them in the cupboard, if you store them upside down, you don't get spiders in it. Top tip for you. Yeah, and uh, yeah, what's it? Oh, yeah, like I got a calendar printed once where I got um, thirty days in a thirty-one day month and put uh, February with I think something like thirty-one days or something, <laughs> which which was yeah pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I I think it's a right of passage. I say to people, you know, you have to make several fuck ups before you can be considered a marketing person. I completely agree. I completely agree. I'm sure we'll do some soon. Um, last question for you, sir, is advice to somebody just starting out in marketing. So you mentioned that intern <laughs> older people hire. What's your advice to that person? Don't. No. Um, <laughs> my, my advice, if, if, certainly within recruitment, is, is take time to learn. Not just marketing, but take time to learn recruitment. Really understand what a recruitment consultant does, what makes a recruitment consultant tick, what a candidate is and what a candidate looks like, what a client is and what a client looks like. Actually learn the job of a recruitment consultancy before you can start marketing it. So many people come in start thinking they can start marketing recruitment without actually understanding what it is. And I think that, you know, and to take your time because I think, you know, there's nothing worse than somebody going in and going, right, we're going to rebrand. I've done a marketing degree. We're going to rebrand. It's like, you know, it, it doesn't work. So I think that that's my biggest piece of advice. Take your time. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I've really enjoyed it. No, uh, thank you for inviting me. It's been great. Perfect. Well, let's. Um, you wanted the likes to your LinkedIn. You wanted the clicks to your LinkedIn. What is your LinkedIn um, username? URL. It is marketing for Rex with the number four. There you go. Wait for all of the connection requests, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All three of them with, you know. Three, teams. you're being optimistic, you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. <laughs> no, no, pleasure. You, you have a good evening.